from South Carolina Public Radio. This is the South Carolina Lead. I'm your host, Gavin Jackson, and this episode was recorded on August 21st, 2023 from South Carolina Public Radio Studios here in Columbia. Just so you know, some of the information in this podcast may have changed by the time you've heard it. In this episode, we look at the upcoming Republican presidential primary debate. Who's in, who's out, and how one of our homegrown candidates is approaching the debate. Speaking of presidential candidates, we have a new poll out with some surprising new findings. Unless, of course, you're former President Donald Trump. We also have a report from The Russ McKinney about a recent federal judge's ruling and how it affects state ethics laws. We take a closer look at our state's economy, including the labor market, with Fed regional economist Laura Ulrich. And Scott Morgan gives us a glimpse of the hot housing market in the state. The lead loves hearing from everyone. That's why we have a voice mailbox set up that you can call to share your thoughts, hot takes, and questions at 803-563-7169. We'll also be interested in hearing your feedback about the podcast itself, what you like, what you don't like, what you want to see more of, what you want to hear less of. Leave us your name, where you're calling from, and what's on your mind. And if you don't want to be in the pod, just let us know. 803-563-7169. Okay, let's look at some debate details. The first Republican presidential primary debate in Milwaukee starts Wednesday at 9 p.m. Eastern Time, and it goes until 11 p.m. That's going to be a late night now that I think about it. You guys have to ask your parents to stay up to watch that, okay? Say the lead lets you do it. Now, you'll only be able to catch the debate on the Fox News Network and its affiliated properties such as Fox News, Fox Business News, Fox News Digital, and the Fox Nation streaming service. The debate will be co-moderated by Fox News anchors Brett Baer and Martha McCallum. The Republican National Committee established qualification criteria earlier this summer, including that candidates must poll at least 1% in three national polls, or 1% in two national polls, and 1% in an early state poll. Candidates must also have a minimum of 40,000 unique donors, with at least 200 unique donors per state. And candidates also have to sign a pledge agreeing to support the eventual party nominee. It's kind of a kind of a deal break for some people. Now we're still waiting on the RNC to announce the final slate of folks, but we expect the following nine candidates to be on stage. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, Senator Tim Scott, former Ambassador Nikki Haley, biotech entrepreneur Vivek Ramaswamy, former New Jersey Governor Chris Christie, oh. North Dakota Governor Doug Burgum, former Vice President Mike Pence, former Arkansas Governor Asa Hutchinson, and businessman Perry Johnson. Conspicuously missing? frontrunner, former President Donald Trump, who is skipping the debate and will be sitting down with Tucker Carlson on X, formerly known as Twitter. Now, Haley joined Shannon Bream on Fox News Sunday and said this about her approach to the debate. Shannon, I think the media gets it wrong. They don't they don't see the fact that families have been on vacation. Kids have been out of school. Americans have not been paying attention. Once this debate happens this week, it's off to the races. That's when you're going to start to see people really focus in on different candidates, look at what their options are. We feel really good going into the debate. I love debates and I'm looking forward to it. And I think it's a great opportunity for Americans to start focusing on who's going to lead us after 2024. There are some we talked to about coming on to join us this weekend. They didn't want to do that because they're deep in debate prep. What does that look like for you? 
Debate prep for me was 80 town halls that I did in Iowa and New Hampshire, where we let everybody ask whatever question they wanted. Um, there was, you know, you get the hard questions. You have to give the true answers. And that's the best debate prep I could hope for. So we are looking forward to going and being on that debate stage, letting everybody see the options. But we're going to talk about our vision, our vision for America, our vision of making sure that we stop the spending and lower inflation, our vision of making sure there's transparency in the classroom, our vision of securing our borders and our vision of a national security that protects all Americans. Next up, we got some new poll numbers, folks. Yes, the horse race portion of our 2024 coverage is here. (laughs) Former President Donald Trump maintains a solid lead in South Carolina at 48 percent, followed by Florida Governor Ron DeSantis and Senator Tim Scott tied at 14 percent. Then there's Nikki Haley at 8 percent and a surprise. Former New Jersey Governor Chris Christie right behind Haley at 7 percent. How you doing? Nipping at her heels. And this is Christie, who has only visited the state once since announcing in June. Now, those are the top-line findings from a Trafalgar Group poll of 1,054 likely Republican presidential primary voters between August 17th and 19th. The poll has a margin of error of 2.9%, and biotech entrepreneur Vivek Ramaswamy was right behind Christie at 6%, and former Vice President Mike Pence polled at 2%. A similar Trafalgar Group poll of Iowa Republicans showed Trump with less support than in South Carolina at 42%, followed by DeSantis at 16% and Scott at 13%. Now, Scott has been steadily working up from high single digits to the teens, something millions of dollars in advertising, as well as frequent campaign stops will help you do. Haley has regularly said that she expects to move up in the polls soon now that folks are re-engaging in the race post-summer. The debate this week and, of course, her first big ad buy are all factors she says will help her move up. Now, I have a treat for y'all. No, it's not more numbers. No, we have a report from South Carolina Public Radio's The Russ McKinney. That's right, folks. Russ looks at the ramifications of a federal judge's recent ruling involving the House Freedom Caucus, which as a result has overturned part of the state's ethics law. Take a listen. Even though the General Assembly isn't in session this summer, the Republican-controlled House of Representatives finds itself in turmoil following a recent federal court ruling which may have unintentionally blown a hole in the State Ethics Act. Since the 2022 election, a group of about 20 ultra-conservative Republican lawmakers has become a growing thorn in the side of the body's leadership. They've left the main GOP caucus and have formed their own South Carolina Freedom Caucus. In 2006, the legislature passed an ethics law that governs the campaign fundraising, spending, and reporting for members and the four major House caucuses, the Republican, Democratic, Black, and Women's Caucuses. The law also specifically prohibits other special interest caucuses from raising money, hiring staff, or getting involved in political campaigns. Back in February, the Freedom Caucus sued the House Ethics Committee in federal court, claiming it should be entitled to operate in the same way as the major caucuses. Here's Representative Adam Morgan of Greenville, the Freedom Caucus chairman, announcing the lawsuit. Our political speech is muzzled by current ethics laws. Certain groups are disfavored. The Family Caucus, the Freedom Caucus, the Progressive Caucus, the Military Caucus, whatever caucus it might be, we are not allowed to engage in campaign activities, whereas the other caucuses are. Last week, Federal District Judge Cameron Curry agreed with the Freedom Caucus, issuing a declaratory judgment that said all of the House caucuses should be afforded the same rights and privileges. 
By overturning the ethics law, some fear her ruling has opened the door so caucuses can be created willy-nilly and possibly leading to an influx of so-called dark money contributions. Even though the legislature isn't in session, the House Ethics Committee met this week to review Judge Curry's order. Committee Chairman Jay Jordan of Florence said the status of the ethics laws when it comes to legislative caucuses is now up in the air. The ramifications and the implications of um, where we stand, I think, are, are still murky, but it's clear that they're significant. Lexington Representative R.J. May, a member of the Freedom Caucus, doesn't see the matter as being murky at all. This judge's order couldn't be more clear. She said, if you treat the special legislative interest caucus, it needs to be treated like a legislative caucus. You can't have two sets of rules for two different people. Hence the reason that this was a clear 1A uh, and 14th Amendment violation. We did not ask uh, to be treated any differently. We simply asked to be put on the same footing, and that's exactly what this judge did. Some members of the House Ethics Committee, like Columbia Democrat Todd Rutherford, fear now there is a green light for the creation of special caucuses with the ability to raise undisclosed amounts of money, turning the caucus system into what one member called the wild, wild west. What is clear is that this does blow a hole in the law of South Carolina as it relates to dark money and money coming in when two members of the General Assembly can get together and take cash donations in unlimited amounts and spend that in any way they see fit, that's a problem that anyone should see. It is what they petitioned for, and I guess they would have to answer why they did that, but that is the law currently in South Carolina. Again, R.J. May of the Freedom Caucus. I think they are uh, upset that there might be someone that challenges the ruling coalition of Republicans and Democrats in the State House. Because for far too long, the state house has not belonged to the people. It's belonged to special interests. It's belonged to lobbyists. The House Ethics Committee hopes to decide by next month what course of action it should take. It could appeal Judge Curry's ruling, ask her to reconsider parts of it, or begin the tedious process of drafting a new ethics law. Mm, what a treat. Thank you, Russ. Now let's pivot to how the state's economy is doing. The state's unemployment rate remained strong in July, holding steady at 3.1%. And hourly earnings reached an all-time high of $29.59 an hour, according to the Department of Employment and Workforce. The monthly survey of businesses in South Carolina marked an estimated increase of 2,900 non-farm payroll jobs over June. Sectors with the largest gains include trade, transportation, and utilities, and government, with each adding 2,200 jobs. Leisure and hospitality marked the biggest declines, shedding some 2,000 jobs. To get a deeper look at the state's economic health, I spoke with regional economist Laura Ulrich with the Federal Reserve Bank of Richmond, which encompasses the Carolinas and several mid-Atlantic states. Laura said that the gain of 2,900 jobs was positive and continues to show the strength of this job market. It's really just incredible that we, the resilience of the employment market, the labor market has been really um, astonishing, honestly. I mean, we're not seeing the softening in employment that we might expect with inflation the way it has been. From from my point of view, you know, the fact that inflation has been coming down, prices have been stabilizing, uh, but we haven't lost jobs, right? We're continuing to add jobs at a rate that is expansionary. Hopefully shows that a recession is a, isn't necessary condition to bring down inflation. I think it shows a soft landing is possible. I don't think we know yet whether or not that's going to happen. The unemployment rate in South Carolina remained at 3.1% in July. U.S. unemployment rate decreased slightly to 3.5%. And also to point out, I thought you guys would find this interesting. I know I've told you in other months that while our unemployment rate is really low, there are some states where it's extremely low. In Maryland, it's 1.8%. So think about that situation where 
the labor force nationally is up 2.7 million people before than it was where it was before COVID. So that's 1.6% growth. South Carolina's labor force is up 82,700 people compared to before COVID, which is a 3.5% increase. So our labor force has grown much faster than the nation as a whole. Laura said there is increasing optimism in a soft landing as a result of the Federal Reserve's rate increases to tame inflation. This term, soft landing, that we throw around refers to bringing down inflation to the Fed's 2% target without causing a recession. And there are several factors contributing to that optimism. I felt really positive about the possibility of a soft landing. And I'll tell you, the main reason I have felt that way is that this is a really different period of time than what we've had in the past, right? Where we had a tremendous amount of stimulus that came into the economy. And when I say stimulus, let me pause for a second and point out that like a lot of times when I say that people focus on stimulus checks. But if you think about all the money that came into the economy from PPP loans to stimulus checks to the money that went to state and local governments, school districts, higher ed, every different entity, you know, was getting massive amounts of money. And so that really, in a lot of ways, now on the demand side, at some level that spurred inflation, right? We'll, we'll see the data on that or the research on that eventually, but, you know, that's I'm sure what we'll see. But on the positive side, it also provided people, businesses, governments with the backstop they needed to kind of continue to spend through that inflationary period. But nothing is certain and negative impacts can always affect a soft landing, such as geopolitical issues, the discontinuation of federal COVID benefits and programs, and the increase of rates negatively affecting certain business sectors. Laura and others talked with business leaders regularly, and some continue to face pressures as a result of inflation-reducing efforts. If you talk to people that are in commercial real estate, they are stressed right now. Right. It's very difficult to get capital at all. And if you can get it, it's very expensive. If you talk to somebody in banking, they're relatively stressed right now because of additional pressures and scrutiny on banks for because of what happened with SCB and some other banks earlier this year. And then also because loan demand is not very strong because of all um, interest rates being higher. So if you talk to folks there, there's certainly stress. But most of the people we talk to in Manufacturing, construction, retail are very positive. So it really depends on who you're talking to. But companies that deal directly with like consumer spending are feeling positive. And it's interesting, Gavin, this is always the case. Like so we do the CFO survey, um, the national CFO survey is done by our bank in Atlanta and um, Duke. And if you ask business leaders about the general economy, they'll be pretty negative. But if you ask them about their own business, they're very positive. But all in all, Laura has a positive takeaway. I, I tell people all the time, and, and I definitely, you know, was reminded of that this morning. It's just a, a really good time to be in the Carolinas. And, you know, continue to see strong growth. Thank you, Laura. And now let's look at another bright spot of our state's economy, home building. Scott Morgan has this short segment on increasing home prices and being a top 10 state for home building. The median home at the end of July would set you back more than a half million dollars in Beaufort, Charleston, and Saluda counties. That according to data from Redfin. And while you can still find median home prices under $200,000 in eight counties around the state, the median price to buy in South Carolina now is above $300,000. The rising prices coincide with a building boom in the southeast, 
Industry website construction coverage finds that North Carolina, South Carolina, and Georgia are building the 8th, 9th, and 10th most homes in the country, respectively. Meanwhile, South Carolina has the fifth highest foreclosure rate in the country. That according to industry tracker Adam. Thanks, Scott. You can find that reporting and more on SouthCarolinaPublicRadio.org. Welcome to the wind down section. Our little break from the news. It's a little break, AT. It's not a big break. Teeny break. So, can you believe that we made it all the way to the wind down? A little break from the news. On this Tuesday. <laughs> Happy Tuesday, folks. No one says that enough. Hey, not enough. We're starting. Hey, right now. Everyone, pause. Happy Turn Tuesday. to the person next to you. Is it? Say Happy Tuesday. Happy Tuesday. If you're driving. <laughs> Don't do this while you're driving. Uh, pull over. Talk, hail the and car next to you down. Flash, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Call, but get them over. Hey, do you need help? I just want to say Happy Tuesday. Okay, and Thank they're gonna you. they're gonna be so touched. And then you're, it's <laughs> and like, then a semi truck comes out of nowhere. <laughs> anyway, Gavin, here we are. We made it to a little break from the news. Okay, so are you ready? We got a call from a yeah. Go ahead, caller. Call We're on our drive time now with AT and Gavin on Hot mm-hmm. One Hundred Two Point Six, Ah-hoo-ga. the beach. <laughs> uh, all right, here we go. First time caller. Are you ready? Yeah. My name Roy. I am from Lawrence, South Carolina. Now, I've been reading a lot about ex-president Trump. I don't, I don't care if he has been president. I think he needs to be treated like anybody else, anybody that's done what he's done. I don't think he deserves any special on anything. I mean, it's not right. He kind of sounds like a dictator, and what that's something that we do not need, not this country anyway. Because this country deserves a whole lot better. In all my born days, I've never seen a president that act, that's acted like he has. And I'm 74 years old and proud of it. But, I mean, I can't excuse the things that he's done because it's outrageous. And I think he should be treated as such. No special privileges at all. Because he doesn't deserve them. And I hope they, whatever they do, I hope they do it right. And I hope they can keep them out of office. But we don't need somebody in there like that. I don't downplay anybody. And I don't talk about everybody. I just don't do things like that. And he shouldn't do it either because he knows better. But he doesn't care. So I think whatever, they, if they give him something harsh, then good. That suits me fine because I'm not voting for him this time because he's he's someone I don't care for. Well, y'all have a nice day, and I'll probably get back to you again sometime. We'll talk to you later. Bye. Well, thank you, Roy. That was quite the take right there, a former Trump voter coming out hard against Trump right there. You don't hear that very often from many Republicans, Um, at least not very publicly, I should say, but... Um, but again, you're looking at that poll that we just had. We're talking about, we just talked about that a minute ago. Trump there at what, 48% in South Carolina, mm-hmm. 42 so, in, in, in Iowa. Iowa. So it just really goes to show just that the grip he has on the party and the, the support that he still enjoys. So I don't know if, if there are going to be more folks like Roy changing their minds and maybe going towards some other candidates in this race. That's what a lot of these candidates are hoping for. Yeah. It's, uh, but it's, someone it's trying pretty to hard to break that iron 48% right there in South that's, Carolina. That's a massive 
amount of people to to have on your side, mm -hmm. quite under your thumb. Anyway, Roy, thank you for calling. Please call back. I love when you said, all my born days. That's the way to say it. <laughs> I love a good South Carolinaism. South Carolinaism? I don't know. One of those. I love things like that, like Bo and Mike could, might shoot. Mike could. Those are my favorites. Fixin'. What are y'all fixing to do? Or, um, what are y'all fixing down, to do? We've talked about this before, but when I was working work in Louisiana, they would always say, got to go make groceries Ugh, with their buggy. That doesn't sound good to I me. know. I don't like buggy either. I, I don't either. I, I take but umbrage. I'm taking umbrage. Sure. Okay? Right. I support you right there, I don't brother. like that. Anyway, Gavin, how was your weekend, bud? Huh? It was good. I was down in God's country brag, at a stove. Brag, brag, brag. Yep. I was hanging out with my good friend, Kate. They have a family house down there. I'm always very blessed when I get invited to go down there mm -hmm. because it's just so beautiful. Yes. Um didn't have any we might have had a little bit of rainstorm but you know not too bad just it was nice it wasn't too too hot i know it was hot up here but uh we had a pretty good breeze dink on the boat but floated in the marsh for a little bit um <laughs> nice clean marsh water you know had a little cookout <laughs> oh yeah the clean marsh water saw a dolphin um, a lost dolphin <laughs> hunting looking for a yacht to pick off i guess mm -hmm. i guess those are orcas but still if I, if, if I had an orca come up to my boat i'm sorry folks I'm, I'm going to defend my boat. You're Oh, you're. I thought you were going to say you're on the orca's side. I don't think so. No? Not when I'm at sea. You know me in maritime law. It oh, is, okay, it is yeah. catch as catch can for me. Yeah, exactly. You better right. watch out. If I have a gun. If it's <laughs> if gun, harpoon gun. Yeah, harpoon, harpoon gun. gun. Yeah, obviously. Gav, obviously. Gavin stays strapped, You should people. see me walking around the office. It's really cumbersome, but I'm always hey, ready. He's open carrying. You better believe he keeps that thing I got on a him. pass from HR. They're saying, okay. <laughs> And everyone's like, it still makes me uncomfortable. I'm like, well, take it up with HR. For HR reasons, I do want to point out that none of that is true. Uh, besides <laughs> right. besides yeah. the part that Gavin would uh, uh, stand his, I don't know, water in the ocean. <laughs> Maritime law. I'm going to be, yeah. <laughs> get off my wave. Exactly. Get off my, get off my wave. Get off my water. My boat. Um, but yeah, it was, it was a good weekend. It was a, a friend's birthday. Just a lot of good giggles, some karaoke, so the voice is a little harsh still. Uh, <laughs> you see, you've you've seen it in person. You know how bad it can. Get. I know how bad it gets. We all know. Everyone here knows. Speaking of birthdays, Gavin, I do want to mention that it was my birthday <laughs> it recently. Was, yes. It was August eighth, and uh, forty two. I'm forty five years old. Can you believe that? Yeah. Can you They're believe it? Up Big on us. four or five. Close. Uh, no. Uh, so my birthday has been co opted. Okay. Mm. I've I can lost relate. It. I have a twin. Exactly. I'm sharing my birthday every year. Well, you could say that this is like <laughs> metaphysically my twin here, <laughs> is that what has co-opted my birthday yes, is please. known as the Dave Matthews Chicago River incident. Okay? <laughs> if anyone has never heard of this, I'm about to enlighten you, okay? It's the Try day to. when, 19 years ago, the Dave Matthews band emptied their tour bus's septic tank over a bridge in the Chicago River into a boat full of people who were passing underneath. <laughs> yes, they've reached. Oh, is this a bridge? Let's go ahead and just uh, clear this out really quick. Like, how long does that process take? Is it? Is it like, I, I think it's open the bay doors. <laughs> <laughs> open the Bombay doors. How? I think like, I, it's got to be fast because it doused these people. Yeah, you know? like one fell swoop. Yes, and uh, this is not just like it's it's more than you think. You know. Yes. Eight hundred pounds Oof. of septic tank poured on these people. <laughs> Saving it up for the moment to like drive over a great. Exactly right. Drop. I mean, you're illegally dumping essentially. Like you can't just. Yes. 
put exactly <laughs> sewage right. into a waterway, though it is Chicago. I do it not know their laws. We don't know. We don't. But I still think the EPA might have an issue. We're not the Illinois lead. Okay. Listen, we're no, not the well, Illinois. We're not, we're not. Well, you saw what happened there. You know, we tried. Yeah. Hey, we tried. Okay. <laughs> Rob Blagojevich. But they've they've stolen my birthday with that fact. So for 19 years, that's I have all people talk about that, on that day. Every day, the internet is a wash. Pun intended. With with <laughs> coverage it, of this, and not no one is talking no about my birthday. <laughs> I put it on my Instagram story. Oh, I, know. I don't I'm care. Just, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no. no. But uh, I I just always thought that was funny that uh, Dave Matthews and I did hear I did yeah. hear that after that happened Things they changed. the boat went back mm. hosed it off mm. and didn't miss their afternoon tour. Oh my god! <laughs> What's that smell? Oh, it must just be Chicago. It's the river. Yeah. So yeah, we were talking about this because 19 years ago, mm-hmm. no one really had you didn't have smartphones really, so no. there were no real images of this Correct. incident. We tried to find it. You can't find pictures of it. And maybe, I'm just so interested. Mm. But uh, it's just not fair. I can't even have a birthday anymore. And my birthday in in New Jersey in August, early August, everyone is gone, Mm -hmm. you know? And so I I never had a birthday with anyone more than, like, my brother and grandma. Talking like a true Leo right here. I didn't get (laughs) enough attention. (laughs) And so uh, now I'm trying to steal Gavin's father's podcast. (laughs) (laughs) One one minute at a time. (laughs) Free, single a week. Uh, No, we have the same thing, too. I think I've talked about this before, but we'd always be at the beach. Because it's around July 4th, July 8th. Mm-hmm. So I'm yeah, always like right piggybacking there. on America's birthday, which mm-hmm. is also a big issue. But we always would be at the beach with like family and my cousins, which was always fun. But we'd always like, you didn't have all the kids from school, which sometimes was good because I didn't yeah. have like all of your The problem is like friends. you were going to do all that stuff anyway. Sure. And so they're like, oh, and it's Gavin's birthday. Yeah. Oh, by the way. Yeah. But I think mom was always like, let's just do it that week so we can get <laughs> hit two birds with one stone this one. Yeah. My and s- get the boys some pies. We've always wanted ice cream cakes every, ho- every birthday. Always a pie or oh, some nonsense. Weird. And mom would say, like, we insisted on it, but I'm pretty sure we asked for ice cream cakes, which I do <laughs> nowadays because I'm making up for the lost childhood like you're talking about is, here. Is that one of the things where, like, you, Carvel, you, you maybe said something, like, and then it's stuck it's in always, your mom's head wrong and she pies. can't unforget it, you know? Well, and to be fair, I think we'd sometimes just mash our faces in the pie, too. Mm-hmm. So I think it was just, like, You were getting firm. pied. You yeah. were getting pied. It was always a good time. Well, that's so much fun. If anyone else's birthday have been... Stolen by terrible bands. Let us know, okay? Stolen Valor. It's it's Stolen Valor. It's disgusting what they're doing. Uh, Anyway, have a great week, people. We love you so much. Give us a shout. Gavin, do the the outro, please. Okay, bye, everyone. Thanks for listening to the pod, y'all. You can show us your appreciation by leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts or a voicemail like Roy at 803-563-7169. Give us some travel nightmares. Give us some birthday stories. Let us know what you're up to. Summer's winding down, folks. You can also stay up to date with the latest news on SCETV.org and SouthCarolinaPublicRadio.org. And don't forget to support your local newspapers. For the South Carolina lead, I'm Gavin Jackson. Be well, South Carolina. And we want to wish one of our OG listeners, Allie. We'll just leave it at Allie. Me alligator like friends. Allie. Happy birthday, girl. Happy, happy birthday. We love you. Bye. I know, I'm like, I'm still making whistles with my nose.